And go ahead, take your seats. You can open up to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. We're going to be in chapter 3 this morning. Well, in his famous book, The Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan takes up the imagery of life's journey as a path along which one walks. And he chronicles the walk of a man fittingly named Christian who leaves behind his former life, he leaves his homeland, and sets out on a trek toward the celestial city. There's a path that Christian is told he must stay on, and this path is called the way. If you've read the book, or, or maybe if, if not, you could just imagine that the problem is that at many times along the way, there are what appear to be alternate uh, Roots, you know, diversions from the path. Forks in the road intended by others to pull him off course, to get him to leave the way and to go a different path. And there are points in the book when Christian does go the wrong way. At one such time, he and his companion, Hopeful, are walking along the way, and the way becomes difficult. They longed for an easier path as they tarried along and their feet were sore. They looked up and to their left and they saw a green grassy meadow on the other side of the fence. At just the opportune time as well, they saw some steps leading up one side of the fence and down the other. They wandered over to take a look. And as they did, they they looked down and they saw the impressions of a path that was running in in the much softer ground in just the same direction as the way. And they thought, why don't we go over? Surely this will be all right. They leave the way. They They go over the fence and for a little while all seems well. They even meet another man who's on that path and they ask him, where does this path lead? And he tells them, well, of course, to the celestial gates. And they were reassured in their minds. But not for long. See, night came upon them. The rain began to fall. The lightning and thunder came. And and it wasn't too long before they could no longer see the path in front of them. They hear a crash. And this is that man who had gone on ahead of them, who had fallen down into a pit. Quickly they realize they must turn back. This is not the way. And they turn and they start to go towards the steps from which they came, only to realize that the water had by this point risen too high. They weren't going to make it that night. So they sought shelter and they found a place to rest. And they fell asleep only to awake in the morning to realize that they were in enemy territory. They'd been taken captive by an evil giant put as prisoners into the dungeons of his castle. Wisdom says, this is the right path. Stay on it. And the wise person says, okay. Wisdom says, God's way is always better than my way. We're meant to see this in the Pilgrim's Progress, and we're meant to see this in the book of Proverbs. As you read through the Bible, and in particular, this book of the Bible, you cannot help but to adopt, as Bunyan did, the imagery of life as a path. 
And God says, trust me. Don't follow your own feelings and intuitions. Rather, prioritize my directions and I will make sure I take you exactly where it is you really want to go. Yet so often we are tempted also to leave God's way and go my way. Many times we do turn off the right path only to find again and again that my way leads only to despair and and to danger. Praise God. Praise God though. He is gracious. And if in Jesus Christ you are His beloved child, He will bring you back again. But listen, we could spare ourselves so many problems if we take hold of the Proverbs and we make our ears attentive to wisdom and incline our hearts to understanding. And that's just what we want to do this morning by looking at chapter 3, of course, verses 5 and 6. Would you look and read God's Word with me? It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. It's here we find the answer to the question, how do I stay on the right path? How do I make sure I'm walking in God's way, not my way? And first, God's Word tells us, surrender your heart. Surrender your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Entirely put your whole life into His hands, believing that He alone is a more than capable guide. Trust Him with your whole heart that His ways are always the best ways. That He is who He is. That His promises are always true. And that no matter what, if you're in Christ, He will never ever forget to take care of you. Walking in God's way is nothing short of complete and total commitment. Here's the question this morning. Are you trusting in the Lord with all of your heart? Are you surrendered completely and fully to Him? There's a, of course, there's a sense in which none of us can say we're, we have this 100% nailed down. But listen, we, we need to cultivate that resolve in our hearts that says, Lord, I trust You completely. You have all of me. There's absolutely nothing that I'm holding back. My heart is Yours. This is what wholehearted trust sounds like. Now, some of you, this morning, I know you're, you're faint-hearted. You're, you're weary because of life's journey. And you desire to have wholehearted trust, but, but this burden is just weighing you down. And, and to you, I just want to say what the prophet Isaiah says, or what the Lord says through the prophet Isaiah. He says, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We can look to the Lord and we can trust Him even in the burdens. Some of you, you're not faint-hearted. You're, you're half-hearted. You, know, you, you trust the Lord with some of your hearts. Maybe it's a third or, or three-quarters or half, whatever it is. The point is you're partial-hearted. Maybe you're fully surrendered to Him on Sundays, but on Friday evenings, you know, your, your choices are not 
surrendered to the Lord. Maybe in your home, you're fully surrendered to the Lord, but when you're outside of your home, maybe at work or, or at school, or with certain groups of people, your heart is not totally surrendered to Him. I think this is probably the most difficult one. Maybe, maybe you're half-hearted. Maybe, maybe you're not as half-hearted in times when life seems to be going okay. When the trials aren't there, but when the trials come, you're not any longer fully surrendered to Him. And maybe it's in a relationship even. When people are treating you in a way that you don't want to be treated, your trust in the Lord wanes. And if this is you this morning, I just want to ask you again, just look down at verse 5. Put away the familiarity with this text, if, it's, if that's what this is to you, and just look at what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let today be the day. Surrender it all to Him, whatever part you're holding back. Some of you, when it comes to trusting in the Lord, all isn't even in the discussion because the reality is you don't trust Him with any of your heart. You're, you're no-hearted. And if that's you this morning, then I need to let you know that this path leads only to one place. Okay? And that's eternal destruction. Trusting in the Lord with all your heart begins at its core with trusting in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Recognizing that you are a sinner who's transgressed the laws of the Holy God and you need to be forgiven. Jesus says, come to me. Believe in me. Surrender to me. Believe that I died for the sins of the world and I rose again. Trust in me as, as the Lord and Savior of your life and I will lead you in the path of eternal life. You want to be wise? This is the beginning of wisdom. You, you recognize that life is a matter of paths and ways and you don't know which way to go. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And, and however your heart might be characterized this morning, pursue this path anew. Next, to walk in God's way, not my way, wisdom says, renew your mind. Renew your mind. Look at the second half of verse 5. It says, and do not lean on your own understanding. Literally, do not try and support yourself. Do not rely on your own understanding. Do not depend on your own understanding. Do not put confidence in your own understanding. This is the clear command of God's Word. Understanding, most of the time in the Bible, is a really, really good thing. But listen, that's when understanding has its foundation in what God says through Scripture. There is another kind of understanding, and that's the understanding that has its roots in our own thinking. And this kind of understanding is faulty and unreliable and to lean on this is a really, really bad thing. It's utterly foolish. And it always leads us out of the way into the wrong path. As Christians, we are called 
to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that our thinking aligns with God's thinking and so that we put no confidence in trying to figure out for ourselves how to live life with skill and expertise. And of course, there's a reason why Proverbs 3, 5 is in our Bibles, right? There's a reason why it says do not lean on your own understanding because we do it all the time. We trust in our own course of action and we neglect to trust the Lord. We follow the path of my way, not God's way. And we find ourselves on this path called life in this constant battle of tug of war. You say tug of war or tug of war? Tug of, I say tug of war. <laughs> tug of war, right? But only, it's us on both sides. Right? It's, it's me, it's my old man, it's my old heart on one side, it's my new man in Christ with my new heart on the other side, and they're pulling in two different directions. One team is called God's leading, God's instruction, God's direction. The other team is called my own understanding. And wisdom is the ongoing repetition of putting down the wrong team. Letting go of the rope that is leading us toward our own understanding and confessing that the path, in the path of life, we are incapable of being our own guide. We need to recognize and confess, I am not my own best counselor. Listen, to lean on our own understanding is to say, I know better than God. I don't think there's any one of us in this room who would say that out loud, but that's what it is. Let's, let's just face that reality. When we go our own way, when we choose my way and not God's way, we are declaring with our hearts, I have a better way than God. I know better than Him. Proverbs 28, verse 26 says, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. Don't be a fool. Do not lean on your own understanding. What are some indicators that I'm doing this? I thought of a few. I want to put them up on the screen for us this morning. First, I think I know what really matters. When I'm, when I'm leaning on my own understanding, I think that I know what really matters. I compartmentalize life and, and I think, you know, I don't, I don't think this part of my life actually really matters to God. It's, it's, this is not a, 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 anything to do with, with religion or holiness. And that's foolish. Every part of our life matters to God. We, we can't um, just decide between what actually truly matters and what doesn't matter. God has already decided that. We, we can't use the excuse, well, this is just human nature, so it doesn't matter how I speak or respond in this way. And forget that human nature is fallen human nature. Here's another way. I think I have a great memory we have no choice but to trust in our own understanding when we're relying on our exposure to God's truth from times past because we're too busy in the present to make sure we're pouring over God's Word and exposing the eyes of our heart to what God has to say to lead us through this life. We, we think, well, I, I don't have time today to be in God's Word, but 
I've been in God's word before, and so surely that'll be good enough for me to navigate life's path. Listen, none of us is that good. We're not that good at remembering. We need daily instruction from God's word to help us walk in his path. How about this? I I think I don't need to listen. I think I don't need to listen. Maybe we are uh, face-to-face with the Word of God, but we look at it, we know what it says, and we say, you know what, I tried that, and it didn't work. So now I need to try something else. That doesn't apply to me. You know, God will understand. I'm an exception, and so I don't need to follow this pattern or, or this instruction We think we don't need to listen. Or or God puts a a voice, a godly voice into our life. Someone who really cares about us. Who comes alongside of us and says, Brother, sister, friend, young one, you're not walking in God's path. Come, your life is not looking like it should look. Come and walk over here. And we, we say, no, no. You have no right to speak to me in my life. You don't understand. You don't really know. Who are you? And we think we don't need to listen to these people that God puts into our lives. Or how about this last one? I think I do need to listen. I think I do need to listen. Let's flip this for just a second. And I just want to call to your attention that in your life, along your path of life, on your journey, there are a million voices screaming loud trying to get you to believe what they want you to believe and it's not true. And yet, you're exposed to it. Maybe you're hearing it over and over and over again. Maybe you're going to certain uh, websites or watching channels or shows or maybe you're, you're on social media. Maybe, it's, maybe you're reading books. Maybe it's entertainment. Maybe it's certain friends. Whoever it might be. But they're not godly influences in your life. They're thinking kind of maybe sounds good on the outside, but it's worldly, and it's not in line with the Word of God, and you think you have to listen to them because they're they're accusing you. Well, if you don't listen, if you don't think like this, then you're a bad person. And you need to be able to discern those voices in your life, because listen, it's, it's not leaning on their understanding, ultimately. Partially it is, but it's on you and it's on me because it's up to us to decide which voices in our life we're going to listen to, who we're going to allow to disciple us in our walk with Jesus Christ. We have to be careful who we're listening to and not taking everything as gospel truth, even if it sounds like it might be okay. First, we need to surrender our hearts. Second, we need to renew our minds. And now third, God's Word says, declare your allegiance. You want to make sure you're walking in God's way? Declare your allegiance. Beginning of verse 6 says, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. I think the best way to describe what we're being told to do here is this. In, In every area of your life, in every hour of your life, Every time you have a thought, every time you're going to speak, every time you're going to do something, here's the question you need to ask. What will please the Lord here? Okay, make that the pattern of your life. To be constantly asking the question, what will please the Lord here? 
and then do that. Sinatra's song, My Way, you know that one? It's a fool's song. We want to get to the end of our life and, and we want to sing the song, I did it your way. I did it God's way. This is skillful living. This is what it means to have wisdom. And I know that sometimes, often times, this is not easy. And yet, let us be reminded today that what is easy or what is hard should never, ever be the determining factor in which path we walk down. So often we choose the easier path. And so often, God's path is more difficult, but it's the right way to go. We need to look constantly to the Lord. We need to know Him personally. That's what it means to acknowledge Him. To seek His direction in decision-making all along our walk. Whether big things or seemingly small things. I love what uh, Charles Bridges, the, the preeminent commentator on the book of Proverbs, he says, he says, God loves to be consulted. Oh, may we consult with Him. We teach our kids in our house about wisdom. We train them up to respond to us. When we ask them this question, we say, what is wisdom? They say back to us, making good decisions. Simple as that. You want to try it? What is wisdom, kids? Good. Making good decisions. And then there's a follow-up. All right, I'm going to teach you the follow-up. How do we know what's a good decision? Here's what my kids say. The Bible. Not the greatest uh, grammar. We've taught them a little bit of a longer answer, but that'll do. The Bible. That's how we know what is a good decision versus what is a bad decision. Our map be the Word of God. No exceptions. Life is a million little steps and in each of these steps we are making choice after choice. We're making decision after decision. Will we acknowledge Him or will we not acknowledge Him? And maybe there's some here this morning there's an area in your life there is one particular sin in your life where you are not acknowledging Him and you need to lay that down and acknowledge Him as Lord of your life today. You need to decide, all of us, we need to decide, is our allegiance going to be to God's way or is it going to be to my way? This is a good time to just remember as we're going through the book of Proverbs this summer, these are showing us how to live a life of worship to Jesus. We're, we're looking at how to live rightly. Not rightly enough in order to gain access into heaven. Right? Remember that. We're looking at how to live in a way that gives glory to the one who gained access for us into heaven by what He did on the cross. We're not trying to live our life in order to somehow earn a righteous standing before God. We're living a life of worship, of thankfulness because of what He's done for us. And when this is our heart, when we acknowledge Him in all of our ways, He then says, okay, 
Now move your feet. Move your feet. That's number four. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Leave, or sorry, live this way, says the Lord, and I will keep you in the way. Do what is wise. Trust me with your whole heart. Don't trust in your own understanding. Acknowledge me at every turn, everywhere you go. And I will direct your course in the best possible way. In other words, you can walk and you won't go crooked. You can walk and you won't wander off the path. Not that life won't be hard, not that the the way won't hurt at times. But if you surrender your heart and, and renew your mind and declare your allegiance, you can get up and you can go, you can put one foot in front of the other with confidence that He is directing your path. And as we walk on this way, and God brings people into our path, we declare to them the words of eternal life. We say, come, come, let me show you God's way. This is the way, walk in it. We tell them the good news of life in Jesus Christ. We tell them that no longer does it have to be God's way versus my way, but by His grace it can be God's way is my way. This is what it means to live life well. This is what it means to be blessed and to have success. May the Lord help us. I love what Psalm 107 verse 7 says. It says, of those whom the Lord has redeemed, it says He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. When the pilgrims were on their journey to the celestial city after they had left the way and tried out that other path, there came the moment when they realized what they had done and Christians said to Hopeful, who could have thought that this path should have led us out of the way? He realized how foolish he had been. They wished that they had stayed on the way. And after they had endured their trial for a little while, by the grace of God, they escaped from the enemy's hand. They, they ran. They ran back for those steps from which they had first crossed over the fence. And before carrying back along the way, they thought of others who might come after them. And they said, let us put a stake in the ground. Let us put up a sign. And they engraved on this sign these words. They said, over this step, over these steps, is the way to Doubting Castle, which is kept by giant despair who despiseth the king of the celestial country and seeks to destroy his holy pilgrims. Listen, Isaiah, or um, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, this is such a sign for us. So how do we make sure we're walking in God's way, not my way? Listen, don't just put up the sign. This is God personally saying to you and to me, be wise. Trust me with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. 
in all of your ways. Acknowledge me, God says, and I will make your path straight. Be wise. Be wise. Choose God's way, not my way. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for your excellent word. It is more um, full of treasure and life for us than anything else we could ever imagine. And, and Lord, we, we desire to walk in your way. We desire to live life in accordance with your truth. Help us. Help us, we pray. Lord, forgive us for those times that we are so prone to wander. Lord, we ask anew this morning that you would take our hearts and bind our hearts to your heart, that we would walk in your way. Grant us, we pray, this blessing, this mercy, O Lord. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen.